How do you feel physically? How many more years uh, do you think you can play? How many years do you want to play baseball in the major leagues? Well, Nelly, I am a very funny uh, person because uh, I think that I would like to play as long as I can uh, uh, help a ball club. And uh, sometimes, uh, like year before last, uh, uh, year, uh, last year, I, I played with a very bad left shoulder, and it was very, very tough for me. I don't want to play like that because I hurt myself, and I hurt also the fans, and I hurt in, uh, the peace organization. So I would like, I would like to play until I reach the 3,000 hits. I tell you the truth. I, I think that that is something that not too many fellows accomplished in the past, and not too many fellows going to, they are going to accomplish in the future either. Mm -hmm. So I would say I would like to play until I, uh, I reach the uh, 3,000 uh, hits. Well, you're going to manage this year in San Juan in the Winter League. Uh, would you like to continue in baseball in that category in the future? Uh, well, Ned, I managed one time in Puerto Rico, and this is the second time uh, that I'm going to manage down there. I will be managing the San Juan Baseball Club in San Juan. Uh, I would like to stay in baseball in some capacity. Right now, I cannot tell you which capacity, but I would like to stay in baseball in some capacity because I love uh, baseball too much, and I will, uh, I, it will be a completely lost uh, for myself just to stay away from baseball. I don't think I, can, I could never stay away. As long as I'm alive, I, don't, I cannot stay away from baseball. Mm -hmm. So it might be that I might continue. Mm -hmm. because I, I like to work with players, and, uh, and I, I really uh, enjoy to be in the ballpark. Well, I know the ballplayers enjoy having you around. Uh, one guy in particular who was favorably impressed with you, meeting you for the first time personally this year, was Dave Justy. And I might mention, too, that your judgment of pitchers is pretty good. I think you made a recommendation on Justy, didn't you? Uh, well, Nelly, uh, uh, Mr. Joe Brown called me in the winter time and he asked me what I thought about Justy, and I, I gave him my opinion. And and uh, I probably, he's, I don't know, probably he's, <laughs> he was going to sign him anyhow, but he called me and he asked me what I thought of Justy, he could hold the ball club. So I gave him my opinion and I signed him. So we went to Kansas City and I knew that we was a uh, week in the bullpen for a while, and I recommend Orlando Pena, which uh, I think he can really, really going to help this ball club because this fellow knows how to pitch, and uh, this fellow is a tough competitor. So I, I would say that Pena also going to help this ball club. Uh, Roberto, uh, I wanted to thank you on behalf of uh, Bob Prince and Gene Osborne, too, for the very warm and sincere uh, gift you gave us of an autographed baseball. Uh, you're quite a a deep sort of a person as far as uh, emotion and warmth and it's been my pleasure to know you for many years and you told me one time you had kind of had a philosophy on life uh, it was one of getting up and doing the best you can every day and when you met meet people try and be as, be as nice as you can to them uh, that's, did you suddenly come across that or is that just a recent philosophy in life for you well, uh, Nelly, all my, li all my life, I, I uh, uh, come from a very, very sentimental family, and my, my mother, she's very, very religious. And uh, all my life, uh, I'm very, very close to my mother, and I, I would say that uh, uh, lots of times through playing baseball, I am a person, as a ball player probably, and, and uh, as a human being, I am another person. Uh, I, I really love people, and uh, all my life, I never have any problem with people outside the ballpark. Uh, Sometimes I have to say something uh, to some of the writers because I feel that uh, they are not right one, you know, sometimes. But uh, I love people. I would say that I, I, I love all kinds of people. So I said before, I never have any hate for any human being in my life, thanks to, thanks to God. And I would say that I love everybody. So this is the way 
I always feel, and uh, I think that uh, I'm glad uh, because I took after my mother. Well, Roberto, we'll end it with that, and it's been a pleasure talking to you, and I know uh, it's a joy to be here to wind up Forbes Field and see this great crowd, isn't it? Oh, this is great, uh, Nelly. Uh, 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 this is a big emotion for me because uh, uh, this will uh, mean a great deal uh, to me because I spent here 16 years, almost uh, half of my life. I spent here 16 years in this ballpark, and this uh, ballpark being great for uh, to me right here, and uh, uh, the fans are being great uh, with, for me here too. So it's like uh, I was telling some of the fellows today: you've been married with a, for, for, uh, to your wife for 16 years, <laughs> and so uh, uh, all of a sudden something happened, and you gotta be hurt about it. <laughs> but it's like a new ballpark. It's like you might find another wife or something like that. You have to wait and see. <laughs> So now we got to wait and see how the, the other board probably going to be good to me or not like four feet away it was. Well, I'm sure you'll be good to it. Roberto, nice talking to you. Okay, thank you. Accept right. this $25 gift certificate from Tara Hall. Reminder, you can get into shape this summer with a Tara sports coat. Tara features a wide variety of the latest shapes and sports coats. You can see them at Henry B. Klein, 111 Fifth Avenue in the Keysport. I'll be back to take a look at some scores in just one minute. Very quickly, scores in the National League... Uh, after six innings, it's 4-2, to two, St. Louis leading Philadelphia. That's the first of two. Montreal and New York tied 1-1 after six. San Francisco leads Atlanta 1-0 after two and a half. And Houston and Cincinnati, the Reds leading 2-1 after three and a half. San Diego and Los Angeles, Roberts against Foster. That winds it up on our dugout show. Stay tuned for the second game of the Pirates uh, doubleheader. It's time for Pirate Baseball. Hello, everyone, with Bob Prince and Nellie King. This is Gene Osborne speaking to you from Forbes Field in Pittsburgh, where we've set up our microphones to bring to you the second game of the doubleheader between the Pirates and the Cubs, and the final professional Pittsburgh Pirate Baseball game to be played in Forbes Field after 61 years. Today's game will be sent your way by your colorful Pittsburgh paint stealer where you can select from a rainbow of colors. Pittsburgh Paints, the product of PPG Industries. My Iron City beer. Enjoy every game with the number one beer around here, Iron City. Once you get there, you will never want to leave. And by Atlantic Richfield Company and your local Atlantic dealer. Your Atlantic dealer keeps your car on the go with Red Ball service. This broadcast is authorized under broadcasting rights granted by the Pittsburgh Baseball Club solely for the entertainment of our listening audience. Any publication, rebroadcast, or other use of the description and accounts of this game without the express written consent of the Pittsburgh Baseball Club is prohibited. Both clubs have come back to the dugout. The batting order for the Chicago Cubs, the battery Milt Pappas on the mound, and J.C. Martin behind the plate. For the Chicago Cubs, leading off and playing at shortstop will be Don Kessinger. Kessinger at short. Hitting second and playing at second base will be Paul Popovich. Popovich second. Batting third and in left field, Billy Williams. Williams in left. Batting fourth and at first base, Jim Hickman. Hickman at first. Hitting fifth and at third base, Ron Santo. Santo at third. Batting sixth and in right field, Johnny Callison. Callison in right. Hitting seventh and playing in center field will be Cleon James. Cleo James in center. Hitting eighth and doing the catching will be J.C. Martin. Martin catching. And batting ninth and doing the pitching 
will be the veteran right-hander, Mill Pappas. He will be making his first start since coming to Chicago from Atlanta. And for the Bucks, who get a fine ovation now as they come out of the dugout and head on to the field. Leading off and playing in center field will be Matty Alou. Batting second, the third baseman, Richie Hebner. Hitting third and in right field will be Al Oliver. Batting fourth and in left field, Willie Stargell. Batting fifth at first base, Bobby Robertson. Hitting sixth, the shortstop will be Gene Alley. Batting seventh and doing the catching will be Jerry May. Hitting eighth, the second baseman will be Bill Mazeroski. And batting ninth and doing the pitching will be Jim Nelson. Nelson comes into the ball game with a record of two and nothing. By virtue of the victory in the first game of a doubleheader, a real thriller here, the Chicago Cubs and the Pittsburgh Pirates are divided by another full game. Which means that as of right now, the Cubs lead them by a game and a half. So that victory string was a big one. It's extended to six. It's the longest winning streak for the Bucks this year. For the Cubbies now, they have lost nine in a row. Nelson, who has turned everything around last Monday night in the second game of the doubleheader, will toe the pitching rubber for this one this afternoon, Ellie. Well, he sure did, and a real gutty performance. This is the kind of a fellow that has the same attitude as Bob Moose. I don't think he's overwhelmed with victory, and he's not saddened by any kind of defeat or bad performance. He's kind of even-tempered. And Steve, Steve Blass put it pretty well last night. We're out at Greengate Mall, and he's talking to about Jim Nelson. He said he's the kind of a guy that you can hit with everything you've got. You knock him down, and he just keeps coming back. He doesn't know when he's whipped. And it's a kind of uh, intangible you cannot scout for but really great pitchers, and I think great athletes have, and I think this guy can be one of them. He doesn't have an overpowering fastball, but he's got that good palm ball that sets up the fastball good, and he challenges hitters from the time he walks on and around until he gets out. Bob, we have nine innings to go, and hopefully the Cubs will bow again to the Pittsburgh Pirates, but uh, as you come on for the start of this game, there must be a, a little sadness in one Robert Prince after all these years. Thank you, Gene Nelly. Uh, hello again, everybody. There's more than a little sadness. It's a uh, tremendous, overpowering amount of grief, in a sense. It's uh, one of the real tough things to do because I realize this is where I received my start. From the late Rosie Rosewell, I've seen so many wonderful and great thrills. And to know now that I have approached the final, absolutely, totally final end of this ballpark, is something it's like losing a dear loved one not quite as bad when you expect them to pass away and when it does happen you still are grief ripped all right Kessinger in at 289 one home and 18 runs batted in coaching at third is Phoenix Lowry over at first Joey Amalfitano Jimmy Nelson 2-0 on the year now Nelson works and the palm ball is hit foul wide at first 0-2 Buckos won the front game three to two, and that's now history. Bat is broken, and Cashinger needs a new wedge. I just had the pleasure of being on television in the Chicago area with Jack Brickhouse, the veteran Chicago caster, with whom I've had the pleasure of working several All-Star games, and the veteran voice of the Cubs, and we got kind of nostalgic because he and I both had some fine memories of this ballpark, and 
working here in an all-star game together and elsewhere. But that's something. This is the end of the old lady. Ball outside, one and two. And Horse Star Nicky, who's the groundkeeper par excellence, says University of Pittsburgh and everything will sometime be over here watching it go. There's a base hit to the left by Kessinger. Scooped up by Stargill. He goes to the opposite field off Nelson's combo. Significantly, Chicago's Cubs, who open here, close here, but their opening victory, 1909, was by a score of 3 to 2. Two close games in the series last yesterday afternoon and the first one today, Bob. Yep. And the score in game one was 3-2 Iowa. So we paid him back. I'd like to do it again, 3-2, and let him know we are any minute. Throw over to first base where Bobby Robertson grabs the ball. Kessinger's back. Batters Paul Popovich, the second baseman at 263. Three homers and ten runs batted in. Stargell, Lou and Oliver, the outfield. Hebner, Ali, Mazeroski, Robertson, the infield. A throw to first, and Kessinger just does scramble back. Left-hand batting, Paul Popovich. Jim Nelson checks at first, delivers. Swinging a foul tip, strike one. In behind the plate, Jerry May. He walks to drive in a big run. In the late stages of the ball game, and then uh, Justy got in some trouble, and Luke Walker came in, striking out Banks and grounding out a batter, and it was all over, 3-2, with the bases loaded. There's a ball hit off the right side. Diving mass can't get it. It's going to be on him for a base hit into right center. Kessinger's on his way into third. And so we now have runners at first and third with nobody out. And the batter will be the left fielder, Billy Williams, at 290. 19 homers and 61 runs batted in. Field here now to Billy Williams. Billy in the front game one for four. Popovich just playing in this game did not appear in the first game. There's a drive into the gap in the right center. They're after Nelson in a hurry. That'll drive in one run. Lou fires the ball into Mazeroski. First and third occupied, and we're up with action in our bullpen, Orlando Pena. Batters Jim Hickman, who is uh, one for three in the first game. He's batting 331, 18 homers, 51 runs batted in. So the Cubs take a lead here and threaten to pop it open if they can. Orlando Pena shouldn't take a lot of loosening up as he was up several times in the first game. But you'll have to stop Chicago here if they possibly can without further damage. First and third occupied and nobody out. The pitch. Home ball up high. One ball and no strikes. Cashinger opened up with a two-strike single through the gap in left. Popovich then singled into right center, and Williams did likewise, driving Cashinger home and putting Paul Popovich to third. Home ball, strike his call, one and one. Hickman checking off. One ball and one strike. 
Fastball into the dirt, blocked down nicely by Jerry May. One and a two and one. Two balls, one strike. Jimmy Nelson in trouble. The right hand batting Hickman the pitch. Just inside, and it's three and one. Chicago leading here one to nothing in the second and the final game. Between these two teams are Pirates or anybody at Forbes. Three balls and a strike. Right hand batting Jim Hickman. Now a throw over to first base, and the batter or the runner there, Williams, is back. Three balls, one strike. Outfield around to the left on Hickman. Now the look by Nelson, 3-1 pitch, and it's driven deep to left hooking, and it's going to be fouled. So we have a 3-2 count, and we'll watch uh, Williams now. Popovich at third, and Williams at first. Cubs lead, one nothing. We're in the top half of the first of game two. Pirates won the first game three to two before a sellout throng standing room only crowd. And the pitch. There's the palm ball. Hit toward third. Hebner gets it. Holds the runner there. They come to the plate now, and they got the runner hung up as Nelson interferes. Now Hebner tags in. They got a double play. Now DeRoche is going to argue for interference on the part of Nelson. I called uh, an interference on the part of Nelson, but I don't know whether or not the umpire feels that had anything to do with a double play. We're going to have to wait to see. Now, what happened was the ball was hit by Hickman down to Hebner. Hebner came up with it and held the runner Popovich for a moment. Then he threw the second base. That forced Williams 5-4. Maz came home with the ball, and as Popovich was coming down the line at third, he was bumped by Nelson coming across the cover on a play. And then they got him in the rundown. And it looks as though they're going to overrule DeRocher. But there was definitely bumping around on the part of Jimmy Nelson. As I called it for you when it occurred. The ruling will stand. And it'll be a double play. And uh, Hickman will be at first base on what is a force play. And Williams will be out five to four, and Popovich will be out four to Hebner. With a two in there, a catcher four, two, five. So you have a very unusual double play, and they do not rule interference. Rather, unusual, two out. Throw over to first, Hickman is back. So put Hickman on first on a force play. He rates Williams five to four. Then have Maz come to the plate. Swing and a miss by Sento. And then he throws to Hebner, who puts out Popovich, who claimed he was interfered with as Nelson ran into him. Coming over to cover up halfway between third and home. Ron Sento over three in the first game, batting at 230. No balls, a strike. 
palm ball inside, one and one. I have to uh, go on the assumption that the umpires, did, I know they saw the bumping around. There any doubt about that bumping around business. The question is whether or not, in their opinion, the runner was obstructed in such a way that he could not either get home or go back to third. And it's obvious they have ruled that he could not do either. That's why I'm sure Al Barlick and third base umpire, or plate umpire Vargo, felt there was nothing to it. Two balls and a strike. He was so far down the line that there wasn't any way you could get him either way, that he could get back either way. But there was definite bumping. All right, two balls and a strike. Sando the batter. Now the 2-1 pitch. Over the plate for a strike, 2-2. Two two. So to Eddie Vargo of Butler, Pennsylvania, who has a youngster, saw many a game here at Forbes, goes the honor of calling the last game in the major leagues to be performed at Forbes Field. Two balls, two strikes. That won't make one whit of difference to him behind that plate. He just knows it's two teams going, and that's as far as he knows. And from that time on, it's a ball or a strike. You're safe or you're out. Period. Two balls, two strikes. The look at first, the pitch to Santo. Ball outside, three and two. Hickman will be up and gone. It's opened up with a single by Kessinger, single Popovich, single Williams, and Pena warming up. Now he's just lobbing with two down and Hickman, the runner at first. This represents right here, I would think, for Nelson, a very key out. Three balls, two strikes, Hickman takes off. Palm ball pops him up. And Hebner and Alley. And it's uh, Alley saying, I got it. And he's there for the out. One run on three hits, no errors, and one left. And we go to the bottom of the first. Chicago leading one to nothing. The Arctic Tundra. 12 inches of vegetation covering frozen ground a 1,000 feet deep. When Atlantic Richfield Company discovered oil on Alaska's north slope, the place we call the Arco Circle, we found out if you disturb the tundra, you cause erosion. A tire track can cause a 50-foot gorge. We stopped driving our trucks across it and started experiments with 13 different kinds of grass seed so that if erosion occurred, we'd be ready. The seeding has to be done by hand. The fertilizing has to be done by helicopters, and the grasses will have to be incredibly hardy to make it. But if they do, there will be a way to protect the delicate tundra forever. At Atlantic Richfield Company, we're doing this because we believe drilling for oil and conservation go together. We went all the way to Alaska to drill for oil so we can provide your local Atlantic dealer with the finest Arco Petroleum products for your car. Pause for station identification on the Pirate Baseball Network. It's a home run, 60 to 6, with Bill Steinbach and the KKA UC on KKA Pittsburgh. Bill Pappas, the right hander, 2 and 2 on the hill. Here's the pitch, and Alou owns a foul out of play. Alou won for four in the first game, batting a 276. 
Rusty Stout hit his 11th for Montreal in the eighth with one on. They lead three to two. They're leading the Mets three two and still batting. Now the 0 and 1. Ball inside and a count of one ball and one strike. Try to learn of the passing of Jim Spots, the manager of WLEM, on our Pirate Radio Network. The manager of WLEM. That's our sincere sympathies along to his family. Curveball for a strike, one and two. At the end of eight innings, in Montreal, the Montreal Expos lead the New York Mets three to two. One ball, two strikes, the pitch, ball outside, two and two. Carl Morton and Sadecki are hooked up there, and Morton has three outs to go to help the Buckos gain a game. Hear the crowd roar. Two balls, two strikes. Alou hits a high fly ball down the right field line. Callison running very hard, running, running, running. It's a foul ball as Callison can't get to it. Funny thing, I was just talking with Jack Brickhouse. We were going around the park looking at things that, uh, that I'm going to sorely miss just in the way of views. And uh, we showed the scoreboard and said, when we take this down, you'll have the only one left in the major leagues where you see the inning by inning. And see the charm of that with that crowd roaring when they see Montreal get two up there? Because the folks are cognizant of what we did in the first game that are here. They're aware of what we're doing in this game. Foul up along third. There may be a play for Santo this time. The ball drifting on him, and he snatches it. Beautiful play by Ron Santo. And when you saw the two come up here, you heard that crowd roar. Now when you really hear the roar is if they just start taking down the numbers and put it up Montreal three and the New York Mets two. And the way this race is going, we need all the help we can get, but we can't do anything about what's going on in Montreal. What's going on right here, we got to worry about. Hefner, who is one for three in the first game, hitting a 3 9. Here's the pitch. Swing and a miss, strike one. <laughs> Cubs lead one to nothing. Hearts won the first game, three to two. No balls, one strike. The outfield around to the right. So Hefner. Now out of her on deck. Pappas, the right-hander, works. And there's a high fly ball out in the center field. Cleo James drifting over to the left. He's there, and it's two out. Cubs one, and the Pirates nothing. The right field of Al Oliver at 2-5-0. Five homers and 31 runs batted in. One thing I'm going to request of you, Nelly, I'm going to want. I know you can prepare it in due time. I'd like a scorecard signed by everybody that played in these both in this last game. We'll get Chicago when we get to Chicago. And then make me up a little plaque, if you will. Ball outside. I'd like to have the plaque, if you don't mind, of the last game I ever called here with the scoring of the game for both clubs signing in their proper position. Can you do that for me? Be happy to do it, Rob. You're making money hand over fist with these first. It's a foul how to play one and one, but it's all right, old buddy. Tell them all the costs, too. <laughs> oh, I don't want you to do that. Take your markup. Hard to get. No-hitter every game, Bob. You better not get one here. I won't speak to either of you guys if you throw up a no-hitter in this game. Two and one. I want to walk out of here saying I never saw a no-hitter in this ballpark. You join me in that, Arthur? We don't want this. We don't want Lady Forbes to give up a no-hitter here, do we? Two balls and a strike. Not this far. Not after 61 years. No way. 
2-1 pitch. And a swing, and it's 2-2. Two and two. Well, We've already lost our chance to get one. Now all the first hit we get, and we can breathe easy. Come on, Al. Get it over with. Two balls, two strikes, two out, the pitch. Turned it over outside, three and two. Remember I asked Hank Bauer one day what Pappas threw. He said, fastball slider. Gets it up the top of the park. I'd like to see him get a slider up if he still throws it. Three balls, two strikes. Milt Pappas working down all over the pitch. And there she goes. High, dry, kissing goodbye. Second race at the Meadows tomorrow night. <laughs> you want me to come over? <laughs> I haven't missed so far today. I've been pretty fortunate. A slider up. Here's Willie the Starge at 245. High fly ball. Deep left field. Billy Williams back. We'll have a play. And that will retire the side. There will never be a no hitter at Forbes Field. One run on one hit, a homer by Oliver. At the end of one, we're tied up 1 1. Did you ever have a girl show up in a wig and not recognize her? Well, here's a story somewhat like that. Some people have received new credit cards and failed to recognize them. And, of course, this is understandable. The big name on the card, and incidentally, it's a handsome card, but the big name is Arco, A-R-C-O. They didn't realize that this new Arco card was a replacement for their old Atlantic credit card. After Richfield and Atlantic merged to become the Atlantic Richfield Company, it made sense to have one national credit card good at thousands of service stations from coast to coast. Makes it easy for everyone, including the people at Hertz, Ramada and Treadway Inns, Hyatt House Hotels, Hyatt Lodges, Travel Lodge Motels, Friendship Inns, Emmons Walker Inns Incorporated, and Superior Motels. They all honor this new card. Now they have only one name to remember, and so do you. ARCO. It stands for all the good products and services you get at your Atlantic station. Batting at 247, eight homers, 34 runs batted in. A swing and a miss, strike one. Those of you who might have missed it earlier, Roberto Clemente was just made a magnificent gesture. He autographed baseballs for Art McKinnon, Gene, and Nellie and me, and I'm quite sure for several other members around here. And he sent them up to him with personally autographed baseballs with a message for each one of us for what what any, either one of us or any one of us particularly meant to him. To Gene, one thing, and of course, and he's only known Gene a little bit, to Nelly, a long time to me for some things that I've been involved with him, and it's just a treasure thing that we'll really treasure, and that's just a word for it, treasure. Callison, Alloway, what a thoughtful individual. The great one, Arriba, Arriba Clemente. Vera just walked in with the youngsters. I would sort of suspect Somehow or other, Roberto will play in the last game at Forbes Field, wouldn't you, Nelly? 
I'd imagine he's going to make some sort of an appearance. If it's uh, if we're out in front, you can bet he's going to be defensively in the outfield. And if we're behind, he's going to be doing some pinch hitting. I hope it's the first rather than the latter. You've got to think positively, my boy. <laughs> positively. One ball, two strikes to John Callison. Sails it all the way to the backstop, two and two. Well, in the first game, we had a problem with regard to the the greasy kid stuff, and umpire Al Bartik went out and ran his hands through the hair and the cap of one Regan. There's a strikeout swing by Callis. First strikeout for Nelson. So we're moving along here right now, and the batter's going to be Cleo James batting at 198. He had two hits. He was the fellow, really, it was Pittsburgh three and Cleo James two in the first game. He scored a run and drove in the run. Responsible for the two tallies. Billy Hands lost a tough ball game. But the Bucks won a big one when they held them off in the ninth. Cleo right in batter. Punch the ball. It's off to the right foul. Strike one. Got a sign out there. Somebody's not going to give it up. Bed sheet hanging down. Looks like Shea Stadium. It says Forbes Steel Forever. Well, I'll tell you, it's been great for 61 years, but it's not going to be forever. Nothing ever is. Progress will prevail. But this will be a beautiful scene that we'll remember forever, one and one. And the fans that have been here will, well, you'll enjoy tremendously Three River Stadium. And believe me, you will. It's an awe-inspiring sight. Here's the one-one. Foul ball. That flies down the left side. One and two. tragic things would be if somebody were somehow or other able to take Billy Mazeroski's game glove. The one he's kept with him for years. They don't make them like that anymore. They would, uh, don't even... Don't, <laughs> now, send him, get down, Nelly, and make, escort him off there. Here's a 2-2 pitch just underneath 3-2. and two. I'll say that would be a great souvenir, but let me tell you what it does. It belongs to the nation. When Maz is finished with it, it'll go to Cooperstown. And that's where it belongs, where they can all see it. Foul to the right out of play. Then I'm quite confident that Bill will send that glove to Cooperstown. It belongs up there. It looks like a, a glove used in 1909. I've never seen a smaller glove in my life on a major league ball player. Three balls, two strikes, one out. We're in the second inning, tied up 1-1. Pirates won the first game 3-2. On deck is J.C. Martin. Jimmy Nelson working. 3-2 pitch to Cleo James. Foul ball to the right side out of play. Cleo's choking up just a little bit on his bat. He's not uh, trying for pump, Pumpsville. He's just trying to make contact. 
man, you don't think we're going to be in the middle of a hornet's nest when we come flying around into New York next Monday, tomorrow night. 3-2 pitch, a fly ball toward left coming up for it. Will Stargell has it. I can't wait for Gene Jarvis and that magnificent organ music at Shea Stadium. And 55,000 people going wild. And that'll be about how many will be there when we play the match tomorrow night and Tuesday night, and then again on Wednesday afternoon. But what if everything goes the way it's going right now? We'll be for the lead in the Eastern Division. Cardinals beat the Phillies 5-4. Pitch to J.C. Martin, batting at 149. One ball, no strike. Saw him off inside, 2-0. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Montreal has beaten the Mets. That's two out of three for them over the Mets. They win it, 3-6-0, 2-12-1. Morton beats Sadecki, 27,000 at Park Jury. There's a high fly to left field. Stargill's got it, and our folks think we're on fire. Three up and three down, and we go to the bottom of the second, one and one. of the doubleheader, 3-2, to two, to extend their winning streak to six straight. At the same time, Anna the Cubs their ninth consecutive loss. Now, at the end of two complete innings of the second game of the doubleheader, the game is all tied at one. As we go to the top of the third, Mil Pappas will lead it off. The first pitch from Nelson is outside for a ball. What a nutty. Nobody on and nobody out. Young right-hander delivers. Pappas swings, broken bat blooper. On the edge of the outfield grass, the shortstop makes the catch. Looking right into the brilliant sunshine, Galley flipped those glasses from under the visor down very quickly and caught the ball. For the first out of the inning, here's Don Kessinger. Kessinger led off the ball game with a base hit in the left field. He has scored the Chicago run. Kessinger in the first game went nothing for four. He has two hits now and nine trips to the plate of the series. He leads the Chicago Cubs in three base hits with seven. Kessinger the batter. Third baseman Hebner will play him up on the grass. Right side of the infield playing about straight away. The outfield, however, playing for him to hit the ball late and into left. Palm ball is fouled over here to our left. One strike to Kessinger. Lowry coaching at third base and Amalfitano at first. Bucks are set up defensively. Stargell in left, Alou in center, and Oliver in right. 40,918. That's the attendance here. On a drive, hit the right, scoop by the scoop. Al Oliver on a fine play. He came charging in. 
to catch that sinking smash off the bat of Kessinger. He scooped it right up into that big trapper's lid of his for the second out of the inning. Two up and two down, and the batter now is Paul Popovich. The largest crowd since 1956, looking on this afternoon. Better now is Paul Popovich. Pitch of the strike, call. Here's the fellow who turned it all around for the Bucks last Monday night. Palm ball is low to the left-handed batter. Ball one and strike one. Two out, nobody on in the top of the third. Up to the out hit the Bucks three to one, but the game is tied at one. And here's the one-one pitch. Hi, palm ball, beauty that time over the outside part of the plate. One ball and two strikes. Outfield straight away for Popovich, who did not play in the first game. Backed away from a breaking ball in close. Ball two, strike two, two out and nobody on. Popovich batting at 263. Singled into right center field his first time up against Nelson. The 2-2 pitch. Backs him out of the batter's box in a hurry. Three and two. Nelson had a little zip to that fastball of his on that delivery. Ninth meeting of the season between the two teams. Series is tied at four. Nelson reads the sign. The three-two pitch. Low into the dirt. Popovich tosses the bat away and heads toward first. That's the first walk given up by Nelson in this ball game. A two out. Annie Oakley to Popovich. Here's Billy Williams. Williams singled into center field in the first inning to drive in the Chicago run. Playing in his 1,052nd consecutive game. Nelson will work with the runner at first. Robertson will hold the inside corner against him. The pitch to Williams is outside for a ball. What a nothing. Outfield shaded toward right and right center. Runner leads at first. Nelson looks over the shoulder, draws the arms in. Here's the pitch. Ball is swung on and hit into right. It's in the field of play as Oliver, in the brilliant sunshine, hauls it in to retire the top. In the third, no run, no hit, no errors, one walk, one man left on. We go to the home half of the third at Forbes Field of the second game of the doubleheader, and our game is tied at one. What would you think of a restaurant that guaranteed good service or your money back? You'd be ahead of the game either way, right? Well, that's pretty much what happens with Atlantic's Red Ball service. If your Red Ball service dealer doesn't clean your windshield or offer to check your oil, weather permitting, he will refund the price of your gasoline. Red Ball service is your Atlantic dealer's way of assuring you of good service so that if you are on a trip, you know you're going to get the same good service you get in your neighborhood. So you get the same service from a dealer who doesn't know you as you do from the guy who's known you for years. Now, the details may vary slightly from state to state, but the quality of Red Ball service never varies. If it does, you get your gasoline for free. Atlantic Red Ball service. You're ahead of the game, whether you get it or not. crowd now hearing the announcement from the PA announcer, Art McKinnon, 
that the crowd at 40,918 is the fourth largest regular season crowd. If you count World Series, it's the fifth largest in the history of Forbes Field. Here's Mazeroski. He's played before them all. Pitch is cut out of this for a strike, and it's nothing in one. One for four in the first game. Maz is one out of six on this series. Pappas throws in close for a ball. One and one. Sano at third. Kessinger the shortstop. Popovich at second with Hickman at first. Williams, James, and Callison around the infield. Martin gives the sign. And Mill Pappas gets ready to go to work. One one to the batter. Sends a breaking ball outside. Two balls and a strike. Frank Osiak coaching at third. Don Leppert at first. Waves that bat back and forth a couple of times. Now holds it steady as Pappas works 2-1. Ball is half foul. 2-2 two two to Mazeroski. Nelson in the on-deck circle will be up next, and then Matty Alou in the hole. Cubs scored in the top of the first. Three consecutive hits, and Oliver tied it up with one swing of the bat in the home half of the first for his sixth home run of the season and his 32nd run batted in. Low for a ball. Spring runs out on Maserati. Three and two. The crowd had a lot to cheer about in the first game, and they're ready to let it all out here in this encounter. Here's the 3-2 pitch. Swing and a foul that will come back onto the screen. Still three and two on the batter. Calling balls and strikes for the second game and the final game in the history of Forbes Field, Vargo. Behind the plate, Fire at first, Stello at second, Barlick at third. Bill Pappas leans to the waist, picks up the sign, kicks and throws, and Maz strikes out. Went for the breaking ball that time, didn't get it. That's the first strikeout for Pappas. One out in the home half of the third, and the batter is the pitcher, Jim Nelson. Nelson, two for six at the plate, batting 333. As a pitcher, he has won two and lost none. Fastball pops in for a strike, and it's nothing and one. Nelson chokes up a bit on the handle of the bat. Outfield looking at him for the first time. They're playing shallow toward right. Fastball. He had a great cut at that one. No ball, two strikes. Steps out for a moment and then digs back in. Pappas works 0-2 to the batter. Ball is hit late to the right side and foul. Rolls just beyond the first base dugout. Tony Perez has just hit his 27th home run of the season for Cincinnati in the ninth inning. Nobody on. 3-2 Cincinnati. The game is being played in Houston. The strike two pitch. A ball outside, teased him with a curveball that time, down around the knees. It just missed, one ball, two strikes. Rhythmic applause beginning to generate now through the stadium as Nelson swings and misses. He's out on strikes as we pause for station identification along the Pittsburgh Pirate radio network. Here is Matty Alou, two out, nobody on in the last half of the third. 
outside at one. Swinging on the first pitch. He pops it up into short center. The shortstop going out. Center fielder coming on. And the center fielder comes on to make the catch to retire the side. In the third, three up, three down. No runs, no hits, no errors. Nobody left on. At the end of three innings of play in the second game of the doubleheader, Chicago won, Pittsburgh won. Hey there, you game for a quiz? Well, then listen carefully because the question won't be repeated. What does ARCO stand for? Now, that's spelled A-R-C-O. Here are a few hints. And hit number one would be this. Many of you recently received a credit card with the name ARCO on top. It replaced your Atlantic card. Hint number two. The ARCO card is honored by Hertz, Ramada, and Treadway Inns, Hyatt House Hotels, Hyatt Lodges, Travel Lodge Motels, Friendship Inns, Emmons Walker Inns, and Superior Motel. Well, the time's up. Anyone who figured out that ARCO stands for the petroleum products of the Atlantic Richfield Company gets an A. You see, when the Atlantic Richfield Company was formed, it made sense to have one national credit card good at thousands of service stations coast to coast. The name selected for the card was ARCO. And if you'd like to carry one, applications are waiting for you at all Atlantic stations. If there are no more questions, then class is dismissed. first three innings were brought to you by Atlantic Richfield Company and your local Atlantic dealers. These next three innings are brought to you by Iron City Beer. Have an Iron City right now. The batter is Hickman here in the top of the fourth inning. Pitch is a strike called. That was a fastball knee high. Outfield is shaded toward left and left center. The gap is in right center field and down the right field line. Swing and a foul back. Nelson picks up the sign from catcher Jerry May. The pitch to Hickman. He's outside off the corner. Oh. The count on Hickman. Ball two and strike two. Nelson very deliberate. Delivers. The ball is swung on. Broken back by ball to right, uh, left center field. And Alou has to angle away. Turn his left shoulder into the bright sun and then sort of catch it going away. One out. The batter will be Ron Sandel. Sandel popped to the shortstop in the first inning. So he is nothing for one against Nelson. He has one hit in eight trips to the plate in this series after being shut out in three tries in the first game. Swing and a miss. Nelson gave him a fastball. Nothing in one. California has edged Kansas City two to one. Murphy the winner, Rooker the loser. The pitch to Sandal. Fastball is low. Ball one and strike one. Light breeze now blowing the American flag out toward right center, coming across the scoreboard and out toward the seats. All the folks jammed in the double deck right field area. Swing and a foul onto the screen. One ball and two strikes. Home plate umpire looking over that baseball, and he'll throw it out of the game. A new one has gone to the mound. Cubs are 21 and 16 at home, 14-17 on the road for a 35-33 record. 
Pomba fouled away to the right side. Ball is into the third deck and will give that fan an error because it dropped all the way down below. Still one and two on the batter. Sano digging in and waiting. Nelson kicks and throws. Curve the slow. Two and two. One out. Nobody on as the Cubs bat in the fourth inning and the game is tied at one. The 2-2 pitch. Curve way outside. May have a slide out in a hurry that time. There isn't anybody on, so there's no damage done. Full count of three and two. With two out in the third inning, Nelson walked his first and only batter thus far in the ballgame. He gave... A walk to Popovich on a 3-2 pitch. Now for the second time, he has gone 3-2 on a Chicago batter. Right-hander delivers. The ball is swung on, hit toward right. Going back is Oliver. Still backpedaling. He's there. He made a karate type catch right in front of his body, about fell high after he got to the warning track. Two up and two down. And the batter will be Johnny Callis. Oliver gives you the pressure to starting to like to play in the outfield. He made a great play on that one, just kind of routine. No, I kind of have that feeling because he seemed to be a little more freer when he was playing out in left field, too. Callison struck out in the second inning. Nelson has but one strikeout, and it was against this left-handed batter. This is outside, a little high, and off the corner for a ball. One or nothing. Montreal defeated New York 3-2. St. Louis down Philadelphia 5-4. The pitch. Swing and a miss. That's a fastball right up around his shoulders that time. He didn't get it. Bucks won the first game 3-2. Picked up a full game now that New York has lost. Swing and a miss. One ball and two strikes to the batter. Callison was shut out in three tries in the first game. He's now one for eight against Pirate pitching in this series, which started yesterday afternoon with a Pirate victory. Pitch is low. Ball two and strike two on Callison. Bucks have won six in a row, four from the Cardinals, and yesterday and the first game this afternoon from Chicago. Last ball was way over the batter's head. He has gone to three and two now to Callison. On a three-two pitch to Sano. Sano hit a fly ball caught by Oliver and right. Now the three-two pitch to Callison. He takes ball four in close. Second walk issued in the ball game by Nelson, and it brings up Cleo James. Two for three in the front game. Fly to the left fielder his first time around against Nelson. Boston defeated New York 5-3 in the American League. Minnesota 9, Chicago 1. California 2, Kansas City 1, as we mentioned. Nelson will be working with a runner at first. Callison takes the short lead. Robertson holding the inside corner against him. Set by Jimmy. And the pitch. Low for a ball. What a nothing. Dargo in straightaway left field. Alou has moved way over to his right or toward left center field. 
There's a tremendous gap over second base into straightaway center and into right center field. Oliver all alone out there in right. There's a set by Nelson to pitch. Breaking ball off the corner. Ball two and no strikes. Nelson looked over the left shoulder as the runner takes a short lead. He stays. The ball is ripped foul through the third base coaching box off the railing and into fair territory. Time will be held up while Stargell gets the ball. He flicks it into the Chicago bullpen down the left field line. Two balls and a strike to Cleo James. Big series beginning tomorrow night in New York between the Pittsburgh Pirates and the New York Mets. Monday night, Tuesday night, and Wednesday afternoon. A throw to first, the runner is back. Thursday will be an open date, then the next weekend in Chicago and on to Philadelphia, closing out before the all-star break in St. Louis. Pitches! Hip! Right at the batter. He ducked underneath it, turned his head, and hit him on his batting helmet, and he is all right. He'll go to first. He couldn't seem to get away from that delivery at all. So now we have Johnny Callison in scoring position at second. Cleo James hit on the batting helmet. The runner at first. Two men on, two out. May has called time, and he has gone to the mound to talk to Nelson. Outfield will play straight away for J.C. Martin, making his first appearance in the series. Batting at 149, one home run, four runs batted in. Hyatt has been catching of the series yesterday afternoon in the first game of the doubleheader today. Orlando Pena walking around in the Pirate bullpen. Ricketts, the catcher, also loosening up and believe Joe Gibbon will go to work. It is Joe Gibbon loosening up for Pittsburgh. Pitch from Nelson is outside for a ball. What a nothing. Fans are getting a bit anxious now, and time has been called as the pitching coach, Don Osborne, will go to the mound to talk to the young right-hander. Now, this is the first time that he has been in a situation like that since he has been called up from Columbus. He's been able to throw strikes, and that was the thing that has uh, really pleased Danny Murtaugh, I think, and, of course, Osborne, too, but the ability to stay out in front of the hitters, and he's struggling with control. You're going to run into those kind of games. You don't pitch shutouts every time. He's going to find that out himself. Well, right now, it's a 1-1 ball game with the Cubs batting in the top of the fourth. The first two men were retired, Hickman and Sandel, and a walk to Callison, and James was hit by a pitch. Runners lead at first and second. Time about to be resumed. J.C. Martin waiting on a 1-0 pitch. Here it comes. It's low into the dirt. Two balls, no strikes. In the first game, Moose started, then Justy, and then Walker. Now Joe Gibbon began to loosen up. Set by Nelson, and the pitch. Fastball is high and outside. Three balls, no strikes. Another wide one would load him up and then bring up the pitcher, Mill Pappas. Down through the years, as I remember Milt from Baltimore in the American League, he is an excellent hitting pitcher. He's been around.
around in the Major League Baseball for some 14 seasons now. There's a strike called, and it's three and one. He was involved in the trade between Baltimore and Cincinnati. He was going to Cincinnati, and Frank Robinson going from the Reds to the Baltimore Orioles. Runners lead at first and second. The pitch. Swing and a ground ball foul. Something will have to give now. A runner at first, a runner at second. There are two outs, and ball three. Strike two count to the left-handed hitting J.C. Martin. Time held up momentarily as that ball came off the wall, rolled out into the playing area, retrieved by Luke Walker. So Nelson goes to the back part of the mound, goes to the rosin sack, squeezes it a couple of times. Now steps back atop the pitching rubber. Runners lead at first and second. J.C. Martin waiting on a ball three, strike two pitch. The look to second. Here's the pitch. The runners go. He almost threw it away. That ball was high and away, and Jerry May was lucky to even get it. The bases are loaded. Callison at third, Cleo James at second, J.C. Martin on a 3-2 pitch is at first, and the batter is Mill Pappas. Pappas just acquired from Atlanta stepped in. The game is tied at one. Runners lead at first, second, and third. Nelson has the windup restored, and he will use the windup. Coming down the line a good distance is Callison. Swing and a miss. Callison, veteran performer, figuring that maybe by darting toward the plate and putting on the brakes and heading back toward third, he could force Nelson into committing a balk. Fellow has a lot of poise. Now he steps off the pitching rubber and looks over there. So Callison goes back. You'll probably get the message that this kid has a lot of know-how. A fly ball in the center. Should end the inning without any trouble. Alou is coming in. He's got it. And it retires the side. So Nelson gets out of a tough spot in the fourth inning. No runs, no hits, no errors. And three men left on the bases. We go to the last half of the fourth inning. The game is tied at one. I'd like a few words with you Buck fans about the fine art of beer drinking. Not just any beer drinking. I'm talking about good beer drinking. That's Iron City beer drinking. You know, some people insist that all beers taste the same. But you Iron City beer drinkers and I know different. Because that Iron City taste is different. You can tell by looking at Iron City's rich amber color. Iron City delivers your kind of taste. Bold and refreshing. Cold and alive. Just ask any Iron City drinker. He'll tell you that Iron City's taste stays alive. Glass after glass, bottle after bottle, can after can. That's why Iron City is the number one beer in Pittsburgh, outselling all other beers combined. So the next time your thirst comes up, wet it down with Iron City. Hey, once you get there, you'll never want to leave. In the last of the fourth inning, Hebner, Oliver, and Stargell will be the first three men to go against Mill Pappas. You haven't heard, you just dialed across. The Pirates won the first game, three to two. And are tied in this game at one. Here is Hebner, and the folks would like to get something started now with that rhythmic applause. 40,000 plus. There's a foul back to the screen. One strike on Hebner. 
Ebner fly to the center fielder in the first inning. He had one for three in the first game. And three out of eight now against Cup pitching in the series. For the year, Richie is hitting at 309. He leads the team in doubles with 16. The strike one pitch. Curve bends in a little close to the left-handed batter. Ball one and strike one. Cincinnati has defeated Houston three to two. The difference in the ball game for Rezus, 27th home run of the season. He leads the major leagues in home runs. Change up is popped into the air down the third base line. Coming down the line is Sano, and he makes the catch. One out. It will bring up Al Oliver. Oliver tied the game in the home half of the first inning with his sixth home run of the season and his 32nd run batted in. Oliver now with two hits and eight trips to the plate in the series. Left-handed batter batting 240, 250 for the year, 250. Ooh, he is just able to get away from a pitch that backed him off the plate after stepping up to the delivery in a hurry. He moved into the pitch and was real lucky to get out of there. And he's still out of the batter's box, leaning on the bat, and Pappas off the skin part of the mound, walking to the grass, roughing up the baseball. Outfield around toward right and right center. The pitch to Oliver. Swing and a foul off to the left. Ball was in on his hands that time. I don't imagine, Nelly, that he'll see anything outside from Pappas for the rest of the afternoon. I don't know. He's been pitched tight before, and a lot of guys try to brush him off the plate. And he doesn't back up on anybody. A very aggressive hitter. Pappas works, and it's outside for a ball. Two and one. I think that first pitch may have been a retaliation sort of a shot. Cleo James got hit. Those things have been known to happen in baseball games before. Yeah. The pitch. Swing and a foul over here to the left and out of play. Ball two, strike two to the batter, Al Oliver. One out, nobody on in the last half of the fourth inning. Oliver waiting on a 2-2 pitch. Half is line and delivers. Swing and a foul back to the screen. It's still two and two on the batter. Bill Pappas picks up the sign. The right-hander delivers. Swing and a foul tip. Pitch was down around the knee, sinking away that time, and Oliver was able to get just a piece of it. Still, ball two and strike two. Willie Scargo on the on-deck circle to the right will be up next. And in a final, Cleveland over Detroit, 8-2. to two. McDowell won his 11th ball game against four defeats, and he's from Pittsburgh. Wilson, the loser, four and five. Ball is pulled foul into the seats just atop the first base dugout. Still two and two on the batter. 40,918 looking on this afternoon. Fourth largest crowd during a regular season. Fifth largest if you count the World Series. Pappas works 2-2 to the batter. Pops it up into left. Coming hard is Williams. Sano and Kessinger going out. Kessinger, the shortstop, cuts across and makes the catch. 
Two up, two down in the last half of the fourth inning. The batter now is Willie Scargill. Big Will is way overdue. He leads the team in home runs with 14. He has 37 runs batted in. He fly to the left fielder in the first inning. So he is looking for his first hit in this series. Strike to Big Will. Nothing in one. Outfield around toward right and very deep. The pitch. Right for the outside corner. Didn't get it. Ball one and strike one. In winning six in a row, the Bucks are four over 500 now. They've won 39 and lost 35. They've won more games in the Eastern Division than any other team. The 1-1 pitch. Swing and a miss. Outside about letter I. One ball, two strikes for Stargell. Willie digs back in. Pappas reads the sign. Kicks and throws. One, two to the batter. Let up. And he strikes him out on a called strike. Third strikeout for Pappas. Changed up on him completely that time. In the inning, three up, three down. No runs, no hits, no errors. Nobody left on. Through four innings of the second game of the doubleheader. Chicago won, Pittsburgh won. You know, I heard of an interesting thing that happened in a tavern the other night. An Iron City drinker said he could taste the difference between Iron City beer and any other brand. Well, his friend said that it just couldn't be done. So they covered his eyes and they put three glasses on the table. Then they pulled a little trick on him and filled all three glasses with Iron City beer. But you know what? They didn't pull the wool over his taste. He said all three were Iron City. Really knew his iron, huh? But most Iron City drinkers do. They can recognize that bold, cold taste anywhere, anytime. Because Iron City drinkers expect a lot of taste from a beer. And Iron City delivers it. Glass after glass after glass. Iron City delivers a taste a guy can really sink his thirst into. Find out what good beer taste is all about. Taste Iron City. Hey, once you get there, you'll never want to leave. Second game of the doubleheader, the final game at Forbes Field. 61-year history, and the Pirates winning the front game of the doubleheader, 3-2. We're tied 1-1 into the top of the fifth. And leadoff batter, Don Kessinger, will step in for the third time in this game. Single and scored very lone run for the Cubs in the first inning. And was robbed of a possible base hit in the third inning. Not a good grab by Al Oliver, a shoestring catch in the third. Kessinger has made himself into a very fine major league ball player. Always had the good defensive tools, but went to switch hitting and become very effective from the left side. Proves it with a looping single into center field, and he is two for three. That's the first hit that uh, Jim Nelson has given up since the first inning. Paul Popovich from neighboring West Virginia steps in. He's single in the first inning. He was out on the tail end of a disputed double play. He walked back in the third. Tim Toomey and his son taking in the final game at Forbes. Palm ball by Nelson is down low. Ball one. Jimmy's only had one, one, two, three inning. That was back in the second. Callis and James and Martin went out, strike out, and two fly balls to left. Yeah, as Rob likes to say, he's been kind of running through the range offs here. 
Throw to first, Kessinger back safely. Bobby Moose, Dave Justy, and Luke Walker. In that order, and Walker with a great clutch performance nailed down the first win. Throw to first, and a good play by Robertson thrown behind the runner. And Bobby had the backing of the ball to prevent it from going into the box seats. Cubs, by nature, are not a good running ball club. They don't have any abundance of speed. Ball chopped off the first base side. It's going to curl foul. Now Kessinger at second will come back to first. Giants a couple of years ago are the kind of ball club that very seldom did any running, but they picked up some, up some speed with uh, Bobby Bonds in the lineup now. And a little bit of a change in there, but Cubs so far have had only 12 stolen bases. Pirates have had 28. Ball looked to shallow left. Sturgill coming on quickly. He has time to get there, and he's got it for the first half. One out. The score is tied 1-1. We're in the top of the fifth of the second game of the doubleheader at Forbes. The runner at first, Kessinger, and the batter, Billy Williams. Williams single. Drove in Kessinger with the first run. I want you to know, though, I know how smart you feel. Chancellor Wesley Posberg here from the University of Pittsburgh. I said, what are you putting in here? He said, you're sitting in the middle of our law school right now, so if you feel more learning, go right ahead, Nelly. Rob should know all about law school. Billy Williams takes the pitch down low. One ball and no strike. Chancellor Wesley Posbar here to take in the final game. Of course, this is the property of the University of Pittsburgh, and this is going to be a law school, I understand. Starting this fall, they're going to do some construction. Fly ball deep to left, going back to Stradgill, still going in. He's near the wall. He makes the grab. No, he drops the ball. Holding it second is Kessinger. He'll come to third. The long throw it is. Not in time. He flies ahead of the tag. Hebner arguing now with Bollick, and he's jaw to jaw with him. He said he came off the bag. Now Baldick is right on top of him. Hebner is really fuming with Al Baldick at third base. Stodgill had the ball in his glove, and as we mentioned before, the sun has become a very serious problem for outfielders right now. 5.30 or close to it here. Alou had troubles earlier, and Stodgill that time caught the ball over his shoulder like a football player going for a touchdown. The ball bobbled out of his glove. He was about three or four feet from the wall. Picked it up, hustled the throw to third base, and a strong throw almost got Kessinger. It's going to be rolled a double. Kessinger goes to third base. Williams moves on into second base. The batter coming up is Jimmy Hickman. He's over two, but they're going to intentionally walk him to take their shot with Ronnie Santos. Sargio had room, had the ball in his glove but dropped it. The walk will be the fourth of the ball game given up by Jimmy Nelson. This is the first intentional walk. And that'll do it. Ball four. So they load it up. Hickman at first base. Billy Williams at second. And Don Kessinger has moved to third. Ron Santo, who is 0 for 2 in this ballgame, 
slide to right field his last time up. Well, the pitch came back with some football last year to finish uh, respectable under Carl DePasca. They're looking for good things in 70. The Penguins had a great year, and we're hoping this is the start of something big for the Bucks right now. The Mets lost this afternoon in Montreal 3-2. Here's the pitch to Santo. Off the fist, foul back out of play. Only one out. The Pirates are hoping for the strikeout here by Nelson or possibly the ground ball double play. Not a whole lot of speed at Hickman at first base or Santo at the plate. But there's an awful lot of power at the plate and Santo has only hit seven this year. Palm ball just inside. One ball, one strike. Rick Reichardt has hit his ninth in the 12th with one on. Washington wins that ball game in 12 innings, four to three. I'm thinking positive for uh, six to four to three. Here's a one-one. Changeup is just a little bit high. Boy, Santo just checked off that pitch. Almost in at the letters. Two balls and a strike. of people you haven't seen in a while dropping by to see this game. Chuck Boyle, former cameraman with KDKA and now with NBC, was here. Chopping ball to short. Alley on two hops. And Azarowski to throw to first. It is in time for two. Nelson pitches out of it. A six to four to three double play. Listen to the crowd. for Chicago. No runs. Two hits. No errors. A strand affair. We go to the bottom of the fifth. It's still tied 1-1. You know, one of the sweetest sounds a batter can hear is that solid whack, that big crack of that ball and that bat right on the fat part. When he hears that, he knows he's got a shot at sending it out of there all the way. Now, there's a sound that's music to a beer drinker's ears, too. The sound of an Iron City snap top can. When you hear that pop, you know what's coming. Iron City's great beer taste. Each snap-top can packs 12 big ounces of bold, cold Iron City beer. Every sip of every can is alive with a taste you can really sink your thirst into. And those Iron City six-packs are pure convenience. They're quick to chill, easy to carry, mighty easy to store. So the next time your thirst comes up, crack open a cold can of iron and try the taste that's made Iron City Pittsburgh's number one beer. Iron City. Hey, once you get there... You'll never want to leave. Forty thousand nine hundred eighteen buzzing here at Forbes Field. The final game at Lady Forbes. We'll close it down today. And boy, they're sure enjoying a whale of a ball game in the second game, much like they did in the front. Pirates won the front game three to two. Six in a row, we won. Robertson leads it off. Curveball by Pappas is outside. Ball one. Fans trying to get something started with some rhythmic applause. I don't think that a rooting crowd doesn't help a ball club. 1-0 pitch. Lined in the hole. Run in the left field. Base hit for Robertson. That's only the second hit off Mel Pappas. The other one left the ballpark, as Bob described, on a home run by Al Oliver with two down in the first. Pappas has been tough. Mixing the pitches effectively. Slider, fastball. And a pitch we haven't seen him use a whole lot. The 
changeup. A half uh, screwball type of thing. Gene Alley looking to do a lot of things with the bat. He's bunting this time. Off the first base side, it's going to curl foul. Picked up by Jimmy Hickson. Now Alley was bunting. He's had a look, however, at third base coach Frank Osiak. Bob Robertson, surprisingly, for his size, 200 pounds, just a little bit over, can uh, pick him up and put him down pretty good. And Alley's ability to punch the ball to right field is something that Murtaugh might be thinking about. Cubs are playing in that way in the outfield. Cleo James, about 10 feet to right center. He's going to pitch his foul tip, held by the catcher, throw to second, not in time. He steals it. The hit and run was on. Robertson beat the throw to second by J.C. Martin. It was a foul tip held by Martin, but he didn't get Robertson at second. Bobby will surprise you. You, re you recall uh, in a recent homestand, he went from first to third on a wild pitch. Now the go-ahead run at second base. Nobody out. Bottom half of the fifth, tie ball game 1-1. Alley now will try to get him to third. Here's the pitch. Pong and miss. Foul tip. Not held by Martin. Now the count holds it. Nothing in two. Bob Remock will be in New York tomorrow, Shea Stadium. Gene was checking the uh, one and loss percentages. The Mets now with a loss are at 535. We're going to win this second ball game. We'll be at 5-3-3. Here's the pitch. Off the fifth. Popped up on the first base side, giving chase as Hickman in foul territory. And he's got it. So Robertson forced to hold at second base as Alley pops out to the first baseman, Jim Hickman. for station identification on the Pirates Baseball Network. Covering all bases, a classic on perspective, Sundays 5 to 8 p.m. on KKA Pittsburgh. Jerry May, the batter, takes the pitch by Pappas, down low, ball one. Jerry May, walk. In the front ball game in the eighth inning with the bases loaded off, Phil Regan produced the winning run in that one, three to two. Cuts on a slider, doesn't get it. Even to count it, one ball and one strike. I'll tell you, Pappas has had excellent control in this ball game. Has not walked anybody, and for the most part, has been out in front of everybody. Checks Robertson a second, the fastball. Flips foul off the first base side. Hickman might have a play. Now he can't get to it. About five rows back in the box seat. People were out early trying to get into Forbes Field this morning. Boy, that was a welcome sign. Bobby Mark, they're going to be late trying to get out, too. Take two, who cares? There's no place to go to them. 7 o'clock tomorrow morning, I guess. That's most of the time you ring in at the old time clock. Remember, I used to do that with Bethlehem Steel. <laughs> Carry that lunch pail in the off-season. 75 cents an hour, wasn't that? Curveball just misses outside. Count even. Two balls, two strikes. 
distributor? Just a good old common, ordinary laborer. Use the shovel very well. I've been there, buddy. Every time you go by the locks at Rochester, remember, I lived under that like a sand hog all one summer with a jackhammer trying to burrow out of there and get up alive. 2-2 pitch. Checked off by Jerry. Now he goes around, says the first base umpire. Paul Fire. Tried to save the swing. Couldn't do it. Hey, is the strikeout victim number four. And Bobby Robertson are open with a single. Got the second on a steal. Is still there. Kappa's trying to pitch out of it. They will intentionally walk Bill Maserati to go to Jimmy Nelson. This is the first walk issued by Kappa's. Scores around the National League. Houston was knocked off by Cincinnati. Tony Perez It is 27th in the ninth. 3-2. to two. Winning pitcher there was Clay Carroll and releases Nolan. Wilson lost it. Los Angeles leads San Diego 2-0 after 5.5. Roberts against Alan Foster. And in a complete ball game up at uh, Montreal, the one you're interested in, the New York Mets were knocked off 3-2. Sadecki lost it. Carl Morton picked up the win. Marshall homer for New York. Bateman and Staub. And Staub's home run in the eighth with one on. Won that one for Montreal. And it gives the Bucks a chance to just finish two percentage points after today's activity from first place in the Eastern Division. Naz is at first, Robertson at second, check swing, it's fouled off the front foot of the pitcher, Jimmy Nelson, and the count nothing in one. Nelson, not a bad hitting pitcher by any means. Had a pretty good debut in the major leagues and hasn't had a too bad a performance after that either. Opened up with a strikeout of Mays, got McKelly in a double play, and then got up and banged a single. Said he wanted to be a shortstop for a catcher. He's become a pretty good pitcher. Chopper hits the third base weekly. Sando has a short hop, throws, and it is in time. Chopper at first base. Hickman drops the ball. They're safe all around. Robertson at third, Maz at second, and Nelson safe at first. On the air on Jimmy Hickman. Boy, that was a big break for the Bucs. Sando threw it right there at the knees, but Hickman lost the ball. And the Pirates have them loaded up. Robertson at third. Bill Mazarachi at second. Jimmy Nelson at first. And the pesky guy, Matty Lewis at play. He's 0 for 2 in this ball game. And a hit him four times at bat in the front. Pappas in the windup. The pitch to Matty. Full foul off the first base side. Out of play. Strike one. You know, Nelly, uh, sometimes on that infielder at this time of night throws off that left side of the diamond. You're throwing out of the scoreboard numbers and all those white shirts, and that guy at first base is looking for a ball out of a lot of white. It very well have happened, because the sun's starting to set down there, and it's reflecting off the box seat right back of Seto, and where he was coming from. Come on, Matty. Your one pitch inside. A good save by J.C. Martin. Prevented a wild pitch. It's like a hard slider. Martin made a great play to been a while pitching on that one. Had to go way to his right. I don't know how the loop kept him getting hit. Now the count is even to the ball and a strike. We're tied 1-1. But a base hit could end that very quickly. Two down. The windup for 1-1 pitch. Down low. Blocked by Martin. Can't find it, but it stays right in front of the plate. Another good save by Martin. Two balls and a strike on Matty Alou. Pirates took advantage of wildness in the front ball game. 
to win that one as Phil Regan came on, walked the bases loaded, and then walked in the winning run with Jerry May at bat. Elroy Fink, the greatest reliever in pirate history and maybe an auto major league baseball, dropped into the booth, viewing the final game at Ford. 2-1 pitch. Chopped in the hole. On to base hit. Robertson scores. Mazzarocchi is coming to the plate. The throw not in time. Alou goes to second, and the Pirates lead it 3-1. Third first base. Uh, that guy's going through torches right now, Nelly. He sure is, but I tell you, if there's any reason why the Cubs have been in the spot they are, you got to put it right on his shoulders. He's carried that ball club offensively. Hebner, first ball hitting, fouls it off the first base side. Strike one. The guy that's made himself into a very fine hitter. He was not known for anything but striking out a lot and hitting the ground ball double plays. But well, last year he suddenly came alive. Very good money player. Came up with a very costly error, however, and the Pirates have taken advantage of it. And a big single by Matty Alouz. Three to one, we lead. The crowd enjoying it all. The 0-1 changeup moves outside on Richie. Turned over the fastball. One ball and one strike. It's been a very effective pitch for Tappas in this ballgame. Well, these two rounds will be Hunter and Kelly. But it doesn't matter. We have them. Five all right. It's going to curve. Foul. Hey, Richie hit a shot. Right down the right field line. Curve. About 10 feet to the right of the foul pole. Larry Gura, who worked in the front ball game, the left-hander, is up and tossing down the Chicago bullpen. Jim Nelson at third base. Matty Alou at second. Lead away. The windup. The one-two pitch. Fly ball left field. Giving chase is Williams. Fighting the sun. And near the scoreboard, he's got it. And a pretty well-hit ball of the opposite field by Richie Hebner. The Pirates take the lead. Two runs on two hits. One error. We strand a pair. And after five innings of play in the second and final game at Forbes Field, the Pirates now lead it three to one. Most Pirate fans are beer fans, too. And just as they like a lot of action in the game, they like a lot of taste in a beer. That's why most pirate fans ask for a cold iron when their thirsts come up. Because thirst-quenching taste is what Iron City beer is all about. Bold and cold and alive every sip of the way. Glass after glass, bottle after bottle. Iron City comes on with a taste you can really think you're thirsting to. And that Iron City taste is fresh. Because Iron City beer doesn't have to come a long way to get to your tavern or your distributor. And once it gets there, Iron City doesn't sit around. It sells, my friends. I mean, it sells. So every iron you drink is as fresh as can be. Next time your thirst comes up, wet it down with Iron City. Hey, once you get there, you'll never want to leave. Well, let's see. Here in the text, Chancellor Wesley Posner just went to call Millie and say, I think I better stay for a while. I'll be a little late for dinner. 
And I said, why, she's got to be listening to the game. Fairly good uh, group of cadets came out of West Point. Chancellor was there. A fellow named Bill Powers, a great athlete in gymnastics, and uh, now a financial wizard around here, Roland Catanella. And there were three other fellows that were rather well-known, Blanchard, Davis, and Tucker. They never knew a losing season. All right, we have now uh, Johnny Callison who struck out and walked standing in. Jim Nelson leading three to one here in the top of the sixth. Hot field around to the right. 40,918 and nobody leaving. I, early part of this game, Nelson's palm ball, he might as well have put it on the shelf. Or let's not throw it for strikes, just show it. But he was trying to throw it for strikes, and it got him in trouble. See if he can bring it back. He bunted through it for strike two. A lot of times, a, a good pitch, for a, which is his best pitch right now, is a palm ball. But if it isn't coming for you, you just waste it and go to your other stuff. And then if it comes back, then you go to it. And Jerry May is the type of a catcher that will bring it back in there for him. If it's at all possible. The 0-2 pitch. There's the palm ball. Pulled down to Mazeroski. The glove has him. On to Robertson. One out. John Callison retired. Four to three. The batter now will be Cleo James. He lined to left and was hit by a pitch. Following this game, <laughs> we'll have everything going for the fans here. And I know, of course, that... Uh, Nobody will get out of line because we're just going to have a few things given away. All the baseball caps have been autographed. And they'll be awarded. It'd be some 50 prizes to bricks, some of them, and bases and what have you. But this property here belongs to the University of Pittsburgh. And uh, there's a strike. And Jehovah's Witnesses will be in here for a big uh, conclave. That fine organ group uh, will be in here. And then there'll be other things going on. And the university strike, too, has other plans. Ultimately, of course, this ballpark will be dismantled, and School of Law and other schools involved in the university program will be in here in the next three to six years. No balls, two strikes here to Cleo James. There's a fastball outside all the way to the backstop. They're warming uh, down the left field line for the Cubbies. A left-hander will pick him up in a moment. Right now, they... That's if they get anything going. They want to be ready to hit for Pappas. Gura. Swing, strikeout. That's the second. Now here's J.C. Martin. He fired to left and he drew a walk. Pirates leading 3-1. to one. Won the first game 3-2. to two. First game ever played here in this park. Chicago won it 3-2 in 1909. And Honus Wagner in that year. Set an all-time high for stolen bases in the World Series against the Detroit Tigers and Ty Cobb. Foul back. The Pirates played in the first World Series, but not here. It was against Boston in 1903 in the first World Series ever played. My memory is they went nine games. That is, it was a nine-game series. I don't know how long it went, but they would have gone best of nine. Here's the 0-1 to Martin. Foul ball off the sinker, 0-2. 
That would have been then Exposition Park for the games that were played here in Pittsburgh between the both Sox and the Pirates. Then Mr. Dreyfus built uh, this ballpark, and his son-in-law, Bill Benzwanger, kept the rich tradition going. Bill wanted to be here today, but couldn't be. And he's one of the great pioneers in the game of baseball, Bill Benzwanger. And he's not to be forgotten by all who are dear to baseball in this area. One ball, two strikes. Popped him up, and Hebner is looking for it. Alley's bird-dogging in behind him, and he'll take it. Alley takes it, that'll be the other side. Three up and three down, and we go now to the bottom of the sixth, leading three to one. You know, it'll be pretty hard to try and predict a pennant winner this season. I have to admit, the St. Louis Cardinals look pretty good. Our own Bucks look even better. And, of course, there are the ever-amazing Mets. But I have to say this, too. When it comes to predicting a pennant winner, well, that's something else. But when it comes to predicting a pennant-winning beer, there isn't any contest at all. Everybody knows Iron City beer leads the league, been number one for a long, long time. And Iron City will stay on top. And there's a good reason why. Iron City's taste, bold and cold, alive every sip of the way, glass after golden glass, inning after inning. Iron City comes on with a taste you can really think you're thirst into. So the next time your beer thirst comes up, wet it down with a winner. Try the taste of Pittsburgh's number one beer, Iron City. Hey, once you get there, you'll never want to leave. All right, ready now to move into the bottom of the sixth. And Al Oliver, who hit his sixth home of the year to tie up the game back in the first inning, will be the leadoff batter. Then Stargell and Bobby Robertson against Milt Pappas. If we can take what DeRosha was doing in the sixth inning as an indication, this will be the last inning for Milt. They were warming. Gura. G-U-R-A. Oliver hits the drive, deep right center. Way back she goes, and off the wall. Allison comes up firing, and it's a double standing up for Oliver. That's the fourth hit he has two of them for six bases. And the batter now is going to be Willie Stark, who's over two, by the left hand, was called out on strike. Now Gura getting up again. And they indicate there's a picture, of course, to Stargell. Milt Pappas with runner at second in Al Oliver. Stargell stops a foul down the right field line, and our bullpen scattered like a covey of quail. You know, Bob, if this keeps up, Gura may be in the ball game a little earlier than Leo would like to have him in there. Yeah, but he's going to try to get three outs if he can out of Pappas, as you and I both know, because uh, he doesn't want to have to put him in and bring out another hitter. There's a drive hit very deep to center. James started in, now drifting back way out toward the monument. And he makes a strong throw, but Oliver has tagged and come over safely to third. That'll bring up Bobby Robertson, who's single to lead the... Buckles into a rally in the fifth inning. While the two runs that scored in that inning were unearned. Due to an error. 
Bucks nonetheless accept those. Now they bring the infield up, and Bobby taking a long look to Frank Osiak. They switched off Gura to a right-hander. Bobby Rodriguez. Outfield around the left infield is up. The pitch from Pappas, and there's a foul down the left field line. Way out of play. brought J.C. Martin out quickly to say something to Milt. The Cubs don't want to make Ken the hard way, I'll tell you that. Make the back line on that's two and a half. But uh, we're going to try to make it that way for them. As we won six in a row, they've lost nine in a row, and that's their season high. Make no mistake about it, though, Chicago is anything but out of this pennant race. Anybody has it locked up. It's going to be a bubble job right down at the very end. It's just going to bubble your blood for you. When we come home to Three Rivers and we meet those Cincinnati Reds, wow, we. Pitch to Robertson, inside, one and one. I think I'd be getting my tickets for that one, 16th of July. Window 100 is going to remain open. You won't be able to get your tickets at Free River Stadium. You'll get them at the regular outlets. Remember that, ladies and gentlemen. Don't write to Free Rivers. Write to Forbes Field. Come to Window 100, G.C. Murphy Store, downtown ticket office, Ticketron, any of those outlets. 1-1 pitch to Robertson, ball inside. This game here is not over. 
But we know one thing. It's the last game that will be played here. And I can say we may never lose another game in this park and be right. Three and one. <laughs> I believe I can say that. Three balls and a strike. Outfield around to the right on Gene Alley. Pappas into the windup, the 3 1 pitch. Punched a foul back up on the net. Oliver opened up with a double off the right field wall. Stargo fired deep to center, and Oliver came over after the catch. And then uh, Robertson scored him out of a rope to deep left. 3 2 pitch. Fly ball to right field, chasing Callison back, looking up in that murderous sun. Nice catch by John. Right on the wall on the warning track out there. A run on one hit, no errors, and nobody left. At the end of six, the Pirates lead it 4-1. to one. We want to mention something here that shows how Iron City will go to any lengths to make you feel at home. All the way to Florida, in fact. Iron City Beer has joined the Sunbird crowd on United Airlines' nonstop flights to Miami. Now, when you're flying to and from Miami... Ask your stewardess for a nice cold glass of Pittsburgh's number one beer, Iron City. It makes those friendly skies even friendlier. Iron City beer, the beer drinker's beer. Middle three innings are sent your way by Iron City beer. Inning 789 will be brought to you by Colorful Pittsburgh Paint, a product of PPG Industries. Now, before we go to the seventh inning, the Pirates leading 4-1. to Let's pause for station identification on the Pirates Baseball Network. The nation's number one pastime is on the world's number one station, a.k.a. Pittsburgh. Listen to what we started. Glenn Beckard will bat for Pappas here as the top of the seventh inning is about to get underway in Forbes Field before 40,918. In the first game of a doubleheader, Pittsburgh 3 in Chicago 2 as the Pirates extended their winning streak to six straight and the Cubs losing streak to nine in a row. Now through six innings of play, the Bucks have four runs and four hits and the Cubs one run and five hits. Beckard, a right-handed batter. Setting out the second game of the doubleheader. Takes the first pitch low for a ball. One or nothing. Beckard batting at 268. He has a couple of home runs. 18 runs batted in. Curve across. Ball one and strike one. Larry Gura, who saw action in the first game of this doubleheader, continues to keep warm in the bullpen down the line. There's a palm ball that fooled Beckard. Oh, he stepped to the front part of the box that time. And it was leaning and then ho- tried to hold up, then leaned again, and about that time it was a little too late. Beautiful pitch. Here's the one-two delivery. Fastball. Little outside. Gets all the way back to the screen. Two and two on Glenn Becker. John Kessinger in the on-deck circle to the left. And then Paul Popovich. Buck outfield playing straight away. Stargell, Alou, and Oliver. Around the infield, Hebner, Alley, Mazeroski, and Robertson. May catching and Nelson on the mound. He has won two and lost none since coming up from Columbus. Curve is fouled back onto the screen. It gets over the screen, so the folks down below have a lot of fun fighting for that souvenir. 
And remember, there will be a lot of souvenirs to be given away at the conclusion of this game. Here's the 2-2 pitch. It is lined to the shortstop. One out. We go to the top of the Cub batting order, and the left-handed hitting Don Kessinger. Singleton scored in the first inning, fly to right in the third, and singled in the fifth inning. In addition to this being the final game, this would be a wonderful 36th wedding anniversary for Jane and Tom Johnson. So congratulations to them, one of our pride owners and secretary and vice president of the baseball club, and it would be a great going away. Not going away, going away from Forbes Field, but an anniversary present for Jane and Tom. And many happy years to come, too, to the Johnson family as the pitch is outside for a ball, one or nothing. Kessinger, two out of three in this ball game. He was shut out in the first game, nothing for four. So he is three for 11 in the series. Swing and a foul tip. Here's the pitch. A little high for a ball. Kessinger, the batter. A slugfest underway in Chicago in the second game of a doubleheader. Wow. I'll tell you about it in a moment. There's a strike call. Two and two on the batter. Minnesota got four on the top of the first. Chicago came back with six on the last of the first. Four to one in favor of Pittsburgh here. Oh, he's hit down the left field line. Coming hard is Starjo. He can't get it. It's into the bullpen just out of his reach. Still two and two on the batter. Joe Gibbon, who is loosening up a couple of innings back in this ball game, is again ready should they need him. And Bruce Del Canton, the right-hander, is now throwing also. And Larry Gurra, a left-hander in the bullpen for the Chicago Cubs. been joined by Rodriguez. Here's the 2-2 delivery. Swing and a foul back. It's still 2-2 two two on the batter. One out and nobody on. Boy, the folks are having a great time here this afternoon. Nelson works 2-2 to the batter. Ground ball to the right side. Mazeroski to his glove side. Comes up with it. Throws on to first in time. Kessinger is an easy out. Two up and two down in the top of the seventh inning. And the batter will be the second baseman, Paul Popovich. San Francisco and Atlanta are tied at four through nine innings of play. The game is being played at Candlestick. Popovich, singled into right center field in the first inning, walked on a 3-2 pitch in the third in the slide to the left. So he's one for two against Nelson, the pitch. Outside, just off the corner for a ball. It's one or nothing. Just after six here in Pittsburgh. Swing and a high pop-up. May coming down the line. So is Hebner in foul territory. Richie stays with it. Looking into that brilliant sunshine, and he made a one-hand stab of the ball to retire the side. Nothing across in the Chicago half of the seventh inning. The Bucks coming into bat in the stretch half 
of inning number seven. Last time they'll do this tradition in this park, leading four to one. Tired of listening in black and white? See what a difference a coat of Pittsburgh paint can make. What's going on? That spring willow green going on that microphone, avocado... Shouldn't you be painting on color television? No, no. People at home keep horsing with the knobs until they've turned apricot into banana. So you're asking them to imagine your colors. Until they can get into the Pittsburgh dealer and see for themselves, yes. Kill the rainbow. A rainbow on radio? Fantastic. Where can I see Pittsburgh paints in person? That man holding his hand over his ear will tell you. Inetta, your Pittsburgh paints dealer, is Winchell Hardware, 346 Butler Street. And in East Liberty, there's a Pittsburgh paint center located at 1351 Washington Boulevard. Forty thousand nine hundred and eighteen looking on. As the Chicago Cubs and the Pittsburgh Pirates do battle in a doubleheader at Forbes Field in Pittsburgh. The Cubs won the first game three to uh, reject that. The Pirates won that first game three to two over the Cubs. And we lead in this game four to one. And Nellie, we got a new left-hander. Good off-speed First time we had a chance to see it. And May will lead it off in the home half of the seventh inning. Crowd beginning to settle back into their seats now. The left-hander ready to go to work. Curveball picked up the outside corner. Started it way out wide that time. Broke it in on the corner. And it is nothing and one to Jerry May. May has fly to the right fielder and struck out in two trips against Pappas in this ballgame. Milt worked the first six innings. There's a curve across. No balls, two strikes. Continuing to have action in the bullpen for Chicago. Jim Colburn now throwing. Ball got away from the bullpen catcher, and the home plate umpire spotted it and called time. In the outfield for the Cubs in the second game, we're looking at Williams, James, and Callison with Sano, Kessinger, Popovich, and Hickman on the inner defense. Pitch in close to May. One ball and two strikes. Hyatt caught the game yesterday in the first game of the doubleheader. J.C. Martin working behind the plate this afternoon. Here's the one-two pitch. In close for a ball, and it's two and two now. Mazeroski in the on-deck circle to the right, due up next. And the third man up in the inning will be the pitcher, Jim Nelson. May waiting on a ball, two, strike two delivery. Here it comes. He takes low for a ball. So after getting ahead of the right-handed batter, no balls, two strikes. The string has run out. Home plate umpire Vargo looking over the left shoulder. May waiting on a three-two delivery. With a flick of the glove, here is shaken off a side. Now he comes back and strikes him out. Got Cherry that time on a breaking pitch. Second time, May has gone down via the strikeout route in this ball game. First strikeout for Larry Gura, and it brings up Mazeroski. 
New York Yankees have knocked off Boston eight to two. Bonds are the winner. Kopp the loser. Mans has struck out and drawn an intentional walk. The pitch is a strike called, and it's nothing in one. The pitch. Round ball. Down the line. It's a fair ball. Heading toward the bullpen. Mans is going to try for two. He cuts the inside corner of the bag, and he'll go into second, standing up with a double. Mans has doubled down the line. Runner in scoring position, one out, and it brings up the pitcher, Jim Nelson. And a ground ball between third base and the third baseman, Sano. That is the third extra base hit of the ball game. Oliver had the other two, a home run and a double, and now Maz has doubled off the left-hander, Gura. Hits are even at five for each club, but the Bucks lead in the payoff department. Four to one after winning the first game, three to two. And remember, after this ball game, then the club will go on the road and tangle with the New York Mets, beginning a three-game series tomorrow night at Shea Stadium in New York. The look at second, the pitch. Curve low into the dirt. Ball one, no strikes. Auburn continues to throw in the bullpen. The bullpen catcher is wearing a mask. No activity in the pirate bullpen. Jim Nelson waiting on a ball one. No strike pitch. The look to second. Here it comes. It's the ball outside. Two and two. Frank Osier looking into Nelson, and Nelson steps out of the batter's box for a moment to be sure that he has that sign correctly. Checks again. Now steps in. Don Leppard coaching at first. Shavels are beginning to lengthen here at the stadium. Reaching the home plate area now. Fastball is over from the left-hander. Two balls and a strike. Buck scored a run in the first. Two in the fifth and one in the sixth. For four, the Chicago Cubs scored a run on three consecutive hits to get the ball game underway. And then... Nelson and the Pirates have been in command. The 2-1 pitch. Swing and a foul. The ball will get back into the seats over here to the right. San Francisco winning their ball game on a home run by Gallagher. His second of the year in the 10th inning with one man on. Jim Mudcat Grant. Is that right? No, he's not uh, with San Francisco. Giants win 6-4. There's a ground ball to the right side. It'll get the runner on to third. Becker backs up, gets on a short hop, and throws on to first. And Mazeroski goes to third. Play going 4-3. Here is Alou, and a fine ovation for Mateo Alou, who, with the bases loaded, Singled into right field in the fifth inning to drive in a couple of runs. Since then, the Bucks have added another run. Alou with one for three in the ball game. Now three out of eleven in the series. He has 88 hits. He leads the Bucks in that department and now has 27 runs batted in. Chokes up quite a bit on the handle of the bat. Oh, there's a ball behind his head. 
That ball slipped from the left-hander Gura, and it went behind Matty, and the catcher Martin had to move quickly to the right to get to that ball. Ball one, no strikes. The left-hander pitch. Throw into the dirt. Alou was ready to offer it, and I don't know whether he went around or not. He did. Powell chipped the ball. He got down on it, just like getting it off a golf tee that time, then tried to check up on it, looped his swing back. Chipped the ball. It's ruled one and one on Alou. Outfield toward left and not very deep. The one-one pitch. He's going to strike it. They're going to try to squeeze him home. The throw is in time. That brought the pitcher off the mound. And his throw to first nipped the loo. The play going 1-3 to retire the side. In the inning, no runs, one hit, no errors, one man left. At the end of seven, Pittsburgh four, Chicago one. Pittsburgh Paint presents The Breathing House. Your house is breathing all the time. It expands when it's hot and humid, contracts when it's cool and dry, inhales and exhales, stretches and shrinks. That's why house paint cracks and blisters and peels. So we made a new paint that stretches and breathes. New Pittsburgh Sunproof Latex. It has four times the stretchability of other house paint. It breathes and expands and contracts with your house, so it resists cracking and blistering and peeling. Pittsburgh Sunproof Latex House Paint lasts longer, years longer than any other house paint. Try it. Give your house a breather. at uh, Forbes Field for the final game and Bob there's a guy sitting down here that made history here and this ballpark is synonymous with his name isn't it? Yeah he made it easy as pie. His last name I guess has to be trainer doesn't it? Great. Sure good to see him up and around and know that he's hale and hearty. I think it's quite an honor that this field would produce two players that didn't produce but saw two players that were unanimously selected as the all-time greatest players in their position. Trainer who's here now played third and of course the late Honus Wagner, who played short and is a judge by many as the greatest player of all time. Yes, good to see Pye out at the ballpark again. He's recovering from an illness. Billy Williams, who's had two hits and three times at bat, steps in. Fastball by Jimmy Nelson is just outside. Ball one. Pirates leading four to one. We won the front game of the doubleheader three to two. Six more outs to go in this ballpark. Line drive, center field. And Lou will play it on about the second hop, holding at first base, Billy Williams. Another well-hit ball by Williams. Stepping in, Jim Hickman. He and Williams have been about it offensively for the Cubs in this series, and I guess they're almost a week, too, although Williams had some sort of a slump prior to coming in here. The guy uh, was on in a force play, fly to center, intentionally walked back in the fifth when Nelson pitched out of a tough jam. The base included got Santo to hit into a double play. Curve ball way outside, one ball and a strike. Activity now in the Pirates bullpen. Left-hander Luke Walker, who got a save in the front game, getting the final two outs after the bases are loaded. And right-hander 
Dave Justy, who picked up the win in the front game. Nelson, with that stare at first base, takes the sign. Here's the palm ball in, taken by Hickman. One ball, one strike. Jimmy Hickman has to be an all-star player this year for the first time in his major league career. Having a great year. Hitting at 330, leading the club in RBIs. Palm ball, taken, foul tip. Tried to get the bat out of there, couldn't make it. And the count now, ball and two strikes. Nelson started this winning streak for the Bucks when he shut out the Cardinals in 10 innings, one to nothing. You can pardon the trite cliche, but it has been a pretty good team effort all around. One-two pitch. Curve ball is outside. Count even. Two balls, two strikes. Hebner deep at third. That's five feet off the line. 2-2 two -two pitch. Bounce to shortstop. Alley over to Mazeroski to throw to first. Double play. That's the third double play in this uh, ball game. That's the second. It's Alley and Mazeroski has turned over. 1966 is a big year for Oop and Maz with a double play. Boy, it's good to see both of them back healthy and playing once again. Santa, 0 for 3, bounced into a double play with the bases loaded the last time. Pirates leading 4 to 1. Breaking ball taken by Santo. Strike one. Not too many people leaving their seats. 40,918. Boy, they've enjoyed a beautiful day for baseball and two good games. Curveball, backhanded by May in the dirt. Count even to the ball and the strike. Pirates pitching, which had been a question mark in the spring and the early weeks of the season, really starting to solidify now. Found another arm in this guy, Jimmy Nelson. The 1-1 pitch. A little bit high with a fastball. He's behind two balls and a strike. give Don Osborne a lot of credit for the confidence he has in the youngsters and installs in the youngsters or instills. Palm ball inside. Three balls and a strike. Three-one delivery. Just a little bit low and that walks to Santo for Jimmy Nelson. That's walk number five. Nelson would have to confess that this is not his best ball game, but they've only scored one run, Bob. That's right. He's been running through some raindrops. I remarked a little earlier, Nelly, uh, while you were out getting a sandwich, that I felt his palm ball wasn't doing what he wanted it to do. Uh, when he got Mays on the strikeout the first time he came into the biggies and then got McCovey to go to the double play, and then the next time out against the Dodgers, it stayed with him and stayed him out the next time that he won the ball game. It seemed to me that so far, this early part of the game, anyhow, his palm ball wasn't where he wanted it. Then he seemed to get it back for a while. Now it seems to have deserted him again. The kind of a guy, though, we mentioned before, that just doesn't know when to give up. 
didn't get a battle here right to the end. A very good competitor, and that's something you have to have to be an outstanding pitcher just to make it the big league. Robertson will play behind Santo at first base. Four to one is the score. The Pirates leading. Top of the eighth. Callis in the batter. Fouls one back on the screen. Well, he had a good ball to hit that time. A little bit annoyed that he didn't poke it. Callison struck out, drew a walk, and bounced to Bill Mazeroski in three trips against Nelson. Cubs were able to get only six in the six hits in the front game. Chopping ball to second, Mazeroski on two hops, the first, and that retires the Cubs. No run. One hit, no errors, they strand one. We go to the bottom half of the eighth, the Pirates lead it four to one. Commercial, right? Right, and it's good news about the great Plymouth Duster. You know, Plymouth sales are soaring in this area, and this Duster is one great reason. Once you've seen it, you'll know why. Small enough yet big enough just about says it. This is what it says. Duster seats five. Now, if you've been looking at small cars, you know that's room for one more person than most mini cars seat. And look at the trunk. There's room for just about anything and everything you'll ever want to take along. Power, you say? Well, power we got. More power than most mini cars. Power you can use on freeways. Power to make that vacation drive a breeze. And if the little lady talks style, show her duster. Inside, outside, all around the duster, you'll never find anything that looks like a mini car, except the price. Duster, priced like a mini car, built like a lot more. There's a Plymouth dealer near you. See Tom Crock at AC Motor Sales in Irwin. Or Merle or Jim at J.M. Beatty Automotive in Eau Claire. Well, the Pirates up there at bat for the final time in Forbes Field. Bottom half of the eighth, we leave 4-1. to one. Richie Hebner, Al Oliver, and then Willie Stargell to go against left-hander Larry Garrett. First ball hitting. Fly ball to shallow left. Kessinger back. Williams on. Billy Williams has it for the first time. Well, the way it stands right now, Al Oliver moving in. And what a hot bat he's had. He has hit the last home run. Forbes Field. Getting a fine hand, too. Much deservedly so. Oh, this guy's done a great job, as we mentioned. Moved out of first base by Bob Robertson. He went into the outfield, and what a job he's done. It's an off-speed pitch. Foul off the end of the bat down the third base side. Strike one. Lined up by Gura. Fastball, foul, back out of play. Nothing in two. I was talking about Dale Long's home run streak. And there's a gentleman that very seldom misses a pirate game from New Brighton by the name of Smitty. And I recall going up to his place in 1956 with Dale Long. Fly ball to left to right field. Back is Callison near the wall, and he has got it for the up. That ball almost identically the same spot with a home run and the previous double one. Oliver has that spot pretty well lined up. Two up and two down. The gentleman uh, had Dale Long and I down to his place in 1956. Gave us a toaster and that thing still works. I'm glad I am too. Stargell off the fist. Fly ball to left field. Drifting back is Billy Williams and he runs it down. Well, an easy inning for Larry Gura. Three fly ball outs, no runs, no hits, no errors, and then left. 
We've completed eight innings of play, and the Pirates lead the second game four to one. Your next car, what will it be? Well, if you're on a budget, you could settle for a nice little compact, nice and small, nice and cheap. But what if you're the luxury type and still on a budget? Then you're in trouble, unless you see your Chrysler dealer. That's right, Chrysler. Because right now, a full-size Chrysler Newport is priced only a few dollars a month more than a Ford LTD or a Chevy Caprice comparably equipped. And that's a loaded Chrysler Newport. A four-door sedan with a big 383 cubic inch V8 engine that uses regular gas, power steering, automatic transmission radio, fiberglass belted white sidewall tires, torsion bar suspension, and more. Chrysler Newport. That's luxury. That's value. That's your next car waiting for you right now. And there's a Chrysler dealer near you. See Andy Gregg or Carl Sobick at Gregg Motor Company in Clareton or Phil Detweiler at Phil Detweiler Motors in Masontown. Well, Dave Justy has come on now, and Nelson has gone eight innings for one run. He can win. He cannot lose. Justy can pick up a save. He was the winner in the first game. No question, as we talked, he had been struggling. But uh, he gave up five walks. He threw a lot of pitches. And Danny Murtaugh, you must remember one other thing. This boy had a history earlier of a sore arm. Danny Murtaugh doesn't want a horse around with that. We have Al Oliver in right field. And John Jeter has... Jeter's gone to left field. Dusty will go to Cleo James. So we're down to what the Pirates hope are the final three outs before 40,918. Buckos won the first game, 3-2. Montreal beat New York 3-2 to take two out of three from the Mets. And now we're here in the ninth inning leading 4-1. to the outfielder out of the left. Now the pitch. And he bounces it up the middle and over to the left is Alley. Up behind second. Throws him out. Beautiful ranging play by Gene Alley. One away. Now J.C. Martin, 0 for 2. He flied to left. He walked and he popped to short. Hearts leading 4-1. to one. The outfield playing J.C. Martin straight away. <laughs> now the pitch. Ball high. Years ago, the gentleman that started me broadcasting baseball, the late Rosie Rosewell, opened up Forbes Field Broadcasting. And now, it looks like we're going to close it down. One ball, one strike. And I'll be honest with you, it's getting to me. The 1-1 pitch. Palm ball popped into left fielder. And Jeter waiting. Two out. Willie Smith coming up. <laughs> 61 years. Almost 5,000 baseball games. Lady Forbes is about to retire. The Cubs, who opened it 61 years ago, close it here with our Pirates. And just imagine. 
I doubt if maybe one man was 11 at the time that was on this field. It could have been Leo DeRocher, about the only one. And he would have been a baby. Tiger's call, the left-hand batting Willie Smith. There isn't an umpire here that could say that. Foul back, strike two. If I know Leo, he wouldn't leave his, let his birthday get in that book. <laughs> well, I'd say Leo's at least 60. Here's the 0-2 pitch to Smith. High for a ball, one and two. Less worthy than the director of the club over here, just as beaming along with general manager Joe Brown and his wife Cindy. And their guest, Thomas Johnson, on his 36th wedding anniversary, 1-2 pitch, low, 2-2. Two and two. two balls, two strikes, two out, 4-1 Pittsburgh, top half of the ninth. And the 2-2 pitch to Smith. Base hit, right up the middle. Number seven brings up uh, Don Kessinger. He singled and scored the Cubs' lone run. He flied out to right field in the third. He looped the single to left in the fifth. He bounced out to second in the seventh. The outfield playing around to the left. To the left-hand batting, Kessinger. Justy, who won the first game, bidding for a save in the second game. Nelson, the pitcher of record. Now the pitch. Kessinger takes a strike. About 25 years from now, 300,000 people would have been here at this game. It always is that way. Pitch high, ball on strike one. Fitting that Al Barlick, the senior umpire of the National League, would call the balls and strikes in the first game that Eddie Vargo, born and reared in Butler, Pennsylvania, who spent many a pleasurable hour here as a spectator, umpires the last game. One ball, one strike. A high chopper over the mound, going over for it is Nass. He got it. It's all over. It's all over. 61 years. And the Buckos receive a standing ovation. They close it out. And the Cubs go down to the feet. No runs, one hit, no errors, and one left. Pittsburgh takes the doubleheader, 3-2 and 4-1. Pardon me, sir. I notice you're painting your house. Yes, I'm painting my house. With Pittsburgh Sunproof, the new latex house paint that fights discoloration from air pollution. Well, that's what they claim. Air pollution quite a problem in this city, is it? You kidding or what? I wonder if you'd mind slipping off that gas mask for just a moment. Oh. No, I'm not picking up too clearly. Oh. Okay. Well, just for a moment, though. Oh, that's better. Sunproof from Pittsburgh not only allows your house to stretch and shrink with extreme hot or cold weather, <laughs> it has also been developed to fight mildew and the ravages of air pollution. <laughs> Hurry it up, please. As air pollution from automobiles and industry increases in the 70s, isn't it a comfort to know that your house will continue to look great longer when it's painted with Pittsburgh's new sunproof? Uh, it's a kind of a comfort, yeah. Good luck to your lungs in the 70s, but at least your house will look great. In North Hills, your Pittsburgh paint dealer is John Rogers. North Hills Village Shopping Center, McKnight Road. In Mount Lebanon, there's a Pittsburgh paint center located at 316 Castle Shannon Boulevard. Before we summarize the doubleheader that has moved the Pittsburgh Pirates 
into a virtual tie for first place in the Eastern Division of the National League with the New York Mets and the Mets coming up tomorrow night. Let's pause for station identification along the Pittsburgh Pirate radio network. Fielding everything. Open mic with Mike Levine. 6 to 9 p.m. on KDJA Pittsburgh. In the first game of a doubleheader, the Pittsburgh Pirates, who were gone on to win two games, picked up a 3-2 victory to extend their winning streak to six in a row and to move a half game at that stage of the day closer to the league-leading New York Mets. In the first game, the Pirates had three runs, seven hits, and no errors, and for the Chicago Cubs, two runs, six hits, and one error. The winning pitcher in relief was Dave Justy. His record four and nothing. The losing pitcher for the Chicago Cubs was Billy Hands, and his record dropped to nine and seven. It was a great first game for the Bucks to win as they extended their winning streak to six straight and the Cubs losing streak to nine in a row. And then in the second game of the doubleheader, the Chicago Cubs greeted the young right-hander Nelson with three consecutive hits. There was action in the Pirate bullpen, and the Cubs had a 1-0 lead. In the last of the first inning, Al Oliver hit his sixth home run of the season to tie the game at one. Then in the fifth inning, the Pirates went on top with a couple of runs, added another run in the sixth inning, four runs, five hits, and no errors for the decorious Pittsburgh Pirates, and for the Chicago Cubbies, one run, seven hits, and one error. The winner in the second game, Nelson. His record is now three and nothing. And Justy was credited with his 11th save of the season. The starter and loser for the Chicago Cubs was Pappas with a record of two and two. 40,918 jammed Forbes Field for the final game to be played in the history of this park. It all began in 1909. And in that year, the Pirates went on to win the pennant and to win the World Series. And now they close it out with a sweep of the three-game series from the Chicago Cubs and moved within a virtual tie of first place in the Eastern Division. New York lost today. Their record is 38-33. and 33. The Pirates by winning two. Now 40 victories, more than any other team in the Eastern Division. They have lost 35 times. The percentage for New York is 535. The percentage for the Pittsburgh Pirates is 5.33. Nelly, this has been a grand and glorious day. I know how Bob has felt beginning his broadcasting career here. Your pitching career was right out there on that mound. And before you do close it off, I'm sure there must be a goose bump or two along your arms and down your back and maybe a, a sad note in your voice and a tear in your eye. Well, not really, not a tear in my eye, but you get a little nostalgic about these moments, I'm sure, and I got more goosebumps during the ball game because this ball club has kind of attracted a lot of enthusiasm, or brought some enthusiasm back to Pittsburgh and the sports, and I'm happy to see that. But as far as my pitching career, it was brief in the big leagues. I won my first ball game here, and it's something I'll always treasure. You can't take it away from me. It's something you dream when you're a little kid, a chance to play in the big leagues. And you always remember the first one you ever won. The drive here against the then... Milwaukee Braves. Old Lang Zion was being played, and players are now bringing their baseball caps out and 
they're getting a huge response here, Gene. It's a real heartwarming thing. The fans are enjoying it, and I think the players are too. And it's seven in a row now for the Bucks. That's right. Momentum is a wonderful thing. I think uh, Roberto's ovation would be something that the folks along our Pirate Network would like to pick up as each player has autographed his baseball. That is Roberto Clemente. That was for Clemente. Bill Mazzaracchio lifted a few pretty good cheers, too. Nelly, along with everything that goes with the winning of the doubleheader and the closing of Forbes Field and all, you can't say, well, that's the season because uh, the players leave tomorrow morning. We go into New York and they begin a road trip against the New York Mets Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday afternoon, Thursday afternoon will be, and Thursday night will be a day off, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in Chicago, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday along in Philadelphia. And then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in St. Louis, all before the All-Star break. So they have a lot of work cut out for them yet. I'll tell you, the next six uh, days are going to be real big ones for this ball club in Shea Stadium. And, of course, then the weekend series with the Cubs. They'll want to come back. This ball club is a good ball club, Chicago. They're not beaten. They're going to bounce back. It's too early. Their pitching's a little bit hurting right now, and they're not hitting. But every ball club goes through that. We've got momentum, and they don't. But it's going to be a very interesting road trip. And we'll be most happy to bring it to you. Well, I guess we'll wind it up from Forbes Steel. It's been my pleasure to sit along with Bob French for four years, and this year to sit along with Gene Osborne. And that winds up our Pirate broadcast for today and forever from Forbes Field. We'll be back on the air tomorrow at 8 o'clock from Shea Stadium where we take on the New York Mets. Now speaking for Bob French, the gunner, for Gene Osborne, good old trusty engineer, George Cleave, and our loyal statistician, Radio Rich, Nellie King saying so long for us. Your colorful Pittsburgh paint dealer, where you can select from a rainbow of colors. Pittsburgh paint, a product of PPG Industries. For Iron City Beer, next time your beer thirst comes up, wet it down with the number one beer around here, Iron City Beer. Once you get there, you'll never want to leave. And for Atlantic Richfield Company and your local Atlantic dealer, drive in where you see the Red Ball Center. Red Ball service is your Atlantic dealer's way of assuring you good service every time you come in. This broadcast is authorized under broadcasting rights granted by the Pittsburgh Baseball Club solely for the entertainment of our listening audience. And any publication, rebroadcast, or other use of the description and accounts of this game without the express written consent of the Pittsburgh Baseball Club is prohibited. Once again, the final scores ever from Forbes Field, the Pirates keep a double-headed. The Pirates winning the front ball game 3-2. to They came back to win the nightcap 4-1. to Oh, Lang Zang, with son, and we'll say it too. This is the Pirate Baseball.